0: to expand or not to expand? That is the question. Or at least the question proposed recently by Governor Tony Evers regarding the I-94 East-West Corridor. Sold in
1: 2017, the I-94 East-West Expansion Project is back on. Governor Evers announcing plans to pick up the project to improve safety and mitigate traffic just outside Miller Park.
0: The particular idea for this project is not new. In fact, in 2017, under a different governor and a different political party, the same proposal to expand an important stretch of the highway near Miller Park was controversial then. On the surface, public infrastructure investment and road construction may not seem like a contentious issue, but in Milwaukee, like other similar cities across the country, highway investments have displaced and damaged communities. Take our current highway system as an example. According to local historian Ben Barbera, when our current highway system was built, between 1960 and 1969, roughly 17,000 homes were dislocated. And up to 1,000 businesses were impacted by its construction. Many of those impacted were African Americans. In addition, environmental advocates today are warning against the continued reliance on cars as a contributor for climate change. And since expanded highways mean more car use, advocates are speaking out against Governor Evers' current proposal. On this episode of Bridges City, we talked to some of the opponents of the governor's renewed plan for a road much traveled. My name is Benjamin Rangel, and our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. Here's producer Casey Oholick picking up the story.
2: I grew up in Oconomowoc part-time, and I went to school in Greendale, which meant that on Mondays and Tuesdays, my dad would wake me up super early, still dark out, and I'd put my uniform on, my blue navy pants, white polo, and drag myself to the car, and dad would hand me this tinfoil-wrapped egg sandwich with super gooey cheese inside, and we'd drive the half-hour To Greendale. I'd get there in time for the 724 bell. Everything's cool, except when dad overslept or I wouldn't get out of bed. Who knows? Who's to say, really? And so then we'd be stuck in this. And if we left like 15 minutes too late, five minutes too late, we just got in the car. Like I knew I would, I don't remember the time exactly now, but like I would look at the clock and be like, nope. (laughs) And then dad would have to. Take me into school. Park in the back lot parking lot. Take me into the school. The secretary knew my name, and she knew (laughs) she knew I was coming with Dad, and that I was going to be late Monday, Tuesday, for sure. I just would wave to her, and she'd write my name down. Dad would wave, he'd walk away, and I, I'd go up, um, go up to class. So when I heard that they were expanding or potentially expanding the east, um, the I ninety four. Which is like directly the path that we took to get to school, and you know, I'd be in I'd be in the car, and on the radio, the traffic announcement would be like, "There's a 15 minute backup between uh, the between Marquette and the Zoo interchange. Expect <laughs> expect delays." Um, so when I heard they were expanding the highway, I was intrigued, right? Because there are little girls all across all across southeastern Wisconsin who are trying to get to school, and. this this, we can only meet the secretary so many times um but of course of course it is way more complicated than that
0: and of course casey's right it is more complicated than that there's a lot at play here and so to understand a little bit more about our community's perspective we first check in with elizabeth ward from the sierra club
3: yeah so this is a proposal and we actually call it the zombie highway because mm-hmm. this has been tried a couple times and we've stopped it okay the department <laughs> of Trans- yeah, what the department of transportation wants to do is expand the highway and they're figuring out what how is part of this process in between 16th the 16th and 70th street so this is mm-hmm. i-94 in between the zoo interchange and marquette interchange kind of by the brewer stadium if that helps and they're figuring out last time around, they had proposals to do some really intense things like a double, build a double decker. So it'd be two mm-hmm. levels of roads. Um, and they also had proposals to make really skinny lanes. It's a really uh, problematic corridor. Cause if it helps kind of put you where it is, there's the Jewish cemetery on one side and the mm-hmm. veteran cemetery on the other. So expanding okay. is problematic. And then, I'd say more generally speaking, it would cost over a billion dollars. So if we move forward with this, it has huge impacts on transportation policy kind of across the state.
2: Before we get into why the Sierra Club um, is opposing it now, what do do proponents think? So I understand that they think that this will create new jobs, reduce congestion and um, minimize travel times. Would you agree with some of those things or how are you feeling about that?
3: Yeah, I would say that's what um, proponents think. I think erroneously, especially about the congestion concerns, Mm -hmm. um, it probably will create jobs, but expanding transit or bike paths and, um, you know, fixing our local roads would do that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I think the main concern is the idea that it'll fix congestion, but that actually is kind of a misnomer. It's a little counterintuitive because you think you don't have enough space we create more space and that'll fix the concern, mm-hmm. but it's actually uh, not the case. A study from transportation for America called congestion con actually just came out earlier this st- um, summer. Okay. And that when we expand highways, it actually creates more congestion problems. If you okay. think about it, people say, uh, and I know I've done this before. Oh, don't take this road, take the highway. It's open now. It's fit, right? There's yeah. it flows really quickly. So more and more people take it and you end up in the same situation where it um, creates congestion again. And then on top of that, we expand the highway. We either have to expand the entire sort of local road system mm-hmm. in order to you know, uh, accommodate the people now, extra people getting off at certain um, roads, or we just create more backups where people are getting off um, you know, the exits and things like that.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like I'm on the highway, I'm going towards, let's see, like my dad lives in Conwalk my whole life and I get stuck in traffic, um, all the time. And I'd be like, there needs to be more lanes, right? Like we're all stuck. Um, but that's, that's erroneous. That's not really what's going on. That will only increase, um, increase traffic. And that's because why, so more people are on the road. Is that what you're
3: getting at? Right. I bet you, if you're going to a kind of walk at rush hour, I bet you figure out a different path sometimes. Or yeah. Think, oh, I'm going to go to the north side, or maybe I'm just going to hang out here for an extra hour mm-hmm. and avoid rush hour. If you have, if right away this lane gets built, or you know, the uh, expansion gets built, you think, oh, great, no issues, and I'll go. Everybody thinks that. And suddenly, you end up in the exact same spot where people are now taking the highway instead of the local roads or, you know, adjusting their travel patterns. Um, And then um, with that, you have extra people. Let's say multiple people are going to your dad's house, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You have a new flux of people taking the Walk exit, Mm -hmm. which means there's just, you're going to, if you don't expand that exit or the road you take, You then are just going to create more congestion getting off the highway into that section. What we really need to do to fix congestion is take cars off the road. So whether that's expanding transit so people don't have to drive, you know, getting more people to carpool. But really, the way to fix congestion is to just reduce the number of cars on the road.
0: And we actually talked to somebody who would probably agree with Elizabeth when it comes to having fewer cars on the road. James Davies is the executive director of Bulber Bikes Milwaukee's premier bike-sharing program, and he spoke to us about his and his organization's perspective on the expansion.
1: There's sort of this myth that if we keep expanding, highways eventually will cure cure, um, congestion. Um, But this has been... Uh, roundly disproven and known that it doesn't work since the 1960s. Um, basically, since the cost of driving, otherwise like gas, is relatively inexpensive once you purchase the car, your additional mile, um, your cost per mile are, are nearly zero. So they've actually found that the every every lane mile you add result, results in equal or more dr- traffic miles driven.
2: Sure. And when you wrote this proposal, or sorry, when you wrote the op-ed, and as we talk about and think about um, our role, local politics role, the individual's role in the I-94 East-West expansion proposal, um, how, do you, how are you interacting with it and what can be done?
1: So I think it's important for everyone to contact your elected officials, um, in addition to the fact that it just doesn't actually reduce congestion it in fact encourages more driving. And so if we look in Milwaukee, um, Mayor Tom Barrett uh, was one of the, and the city were were folks that signed on to like the sort of that city's Paris climate accord. Um, The city and county have a joint climate task force. Uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Mandela Barnes and the governor created that climate task force. Um, But so every level of government we have, they've said that they're committed to fighting climate change. But yet they're talking about expanding highways, which we know uh, transportation is the largest single source of greenhouse gas emissions in the United States. So when you're talking about expanding highways, on one hand, will you say that you're committed to uh, reducing greenhouse gas emissions? On the other hand, especially for a project that's going to cost a billion dollars, I think it's the I think it's absolutely um, appropriate for everyone to contact their elected officials on all levels and say. This doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't even solve the problem that you propose that it would solve.
0: The contribution this project would have on climate change is also something we heard from Elizabeth Ward with the Sierra Club.
2: And so can you speak a little bit about the environmental impact of this expansion going through?
3: First and foremost, uh, you know, a topic certainly on my mind all the time right now is climate change, right? Mm -hmm. We have left to stop climate change transportation is the now the biggest uh carbon emitter in the cu- in the country second mm-hmm. largest in the state after our electricity sector so doing something that encourages more people to drive more people to take the um you know to be on the highway is the exact opposite of mm-hmm. what we need to do um especially when you know, both to reduce congestion, but also reduce carbon emissions. We need to get people not to drive as much. We should really, if we have a billion dollars, be investing that in a better, more convenient transit system. So people will take that and reduce their carbon emissions or building out our road, or I mean, our bike and um, walking network, so people will do that more. So climate is a huge concern, Um, but some more traditional concerns, Again, more cars on the road means more um, air pollution, more particulate matter, building the highway, just the actual footprint means more concrete, which means more water runoff. So Mm -hmm. uh, which could be more flooding. It could be more pollution that's just going into where the water is going. So those are some of the environmental concerns. And then some of the other kind of huge concerns are the um, social justice or equity concerns. um, and that's, you know, we've historically talked a lot about that and the way that this would basically exacerbate racial injustice. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at who benefits from being able to more quickly get into and out of the city, it's largely white suburbanites. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and then if you look at the trends of who's most likely to be transit dependent or either don't have cars, can't afford to drive, aren't mm-hmm. allowed to get Um, driver's licenses, those tend to be people with disabilities or people of color.
0: Elizabeth and James were not the only ones concerned about the potential expansion of I-94. Barbara Little serves on the transportation committee of an interfaith organization called MICA. MICA advocates on a variety of justice topics, including promoting the expansion of public transportation.
4: My name is Barbara Little. I've been, um, a resident of here in the city of Milwaukee for more than 50 years. And, um, I joined Mica by our then, uh, organizer, Caleb Roberts. Um, it been about six years ago, uh, that I've been a part of Mica. I was a, a regular bus rider at the time and he encouraged me to join, to, um, join the transportation committee.
0: Can you say a little bit more about what that trans- transportation committee's goals are or what that committee, uh, like what their responsibilities are or what they hope to do in the community?
4: Well, um, what our, our goals are and, and we hope that um, and what what the transportation committee has been doing since its existence is advocating for better uh, public transportation for um, our city and not just for Milwaukee, but for the whole state of Wisconsin.
0: Yeah. And so MICA, for our listeners' sake, MICA stands for Milwaukee Inner City Congregations Allied for Hope. How does yes. how does the work of MICA sort of correlate or connect with transportation equity and like transportation policy? Because I think most people wouldn't necessarily consider advocacy for roads or public infrastructure or public transportation to be a priority for an interfaith organization. But uh, in your eyes, how how, do, how are those connected? Sort of the interfaith, the, the, the mission of MICA, but also public transportation reform broadly. How are those two connected?
4: Well, we need a means to get around. And uh, realistically, everybody's not going to or can't afford a vehicle. And so um, we need public transportation to help us get to the places that are necessary for us to get to um, throughout um, our day or week. Um, people have to get to work, um, get to jobs. Many people have to go to the hospital or to uh, the store or whatever you wherever it is that you need to go to, to um, to, to take care of your, um, whatever it is you need to take care of throughout your day or week. And um, we have a right to um, to be able to have access to, to public transportation. That's one of the things. And
0: I'm wondering if you, uh, from your experience, could talk a little bit about the impacts on communities of color, black and brown communities here in Milwaukee.
4: Well, um, we don't need more road expansion. We don't need wider highway we don't need better highways we need my belief is i should say i'm speaking for myself um, the money that's being put into invested into the infrastructure could better be used by uh, fixing the the streets the the city streets that are um, have huge potholes and are are in disrepair Um, the monies that they're using or proposing to use, and this has been one of my concerns for a while, could be used not for expanding our infrastructure, but to repair the streets that need repairing, especially in the inner city, and expanding our our public transportation system and bettering it, um, especially in the inner city where the elderly and people of color um, who are living below the poverty line, um, who are working, who are considered mostly a lot of ways the working poor. And we are we are not working or uh, having a living wage, mm. a livable wage. The jobs we are working are not providing a livable wage.
0: So if, if on top of the, the lack of a livable, livable wage, the state chooses to to invest in, you know, highway expansion versus all of the other things it could be investing in. Sort of in your yes. view, it, it doesn't seem like a, a productive use of our resources and our tax money.
4: No, and, and that's correct. And, and the, a lot of the people that are making the decisions for, you know, road expansion and cutting our, our bus lines, et cetera, are not even people that um, have to use these resources. Mm. Um, they don 't take the city bus um, they don't know what it 's like to um, live from paycheck to paycheck or uh, live below the poverty line they don 't they don 't have a clue and uh, we don't many of us including myself we don 't feel it's fair for uh, those people to make decisions for the people who are affected the the most um, when when I became a part of mica. And uh, 2014, um, I had just had my car repossessed. Okay. Uh, because I couldn't afford my car payments, I worked in a uh, for a company in Mequon, which typically is only a 10 or 15 minute drive from where I live. So in order for me to get to work on the bus to get to, I had to go south to Capital Drive. No, yes, yeah, south to Capital Drive to 60th and Capital, then get a Capital. Capital Drive bus to Port Washington and Capital just to get the freeway flyer, the 143, to take me all the way to uh, Mequon, which was an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. So
0: a a 10 to 15 minute trip turned into an hour plus trip on the bus. Yeah.
4: And so during that time, my prayer was, okay, I'm going to need a car. Uh, But instead of me just focusing on that, what the question I asked, you know, and in, in my prayer to God was, what can I do while I'm waiting to get a car? How can I help? And that's how I ended up uh, meeting Caleb at a um, church meeting, um, one of my former churches, and he invited me to join my God.
0: And so if you were if say instead of talking to me right now, you were talking to Governor Evers and Governor Evers was about to make the decision on whether to invest this billion dollars. Uh, because I think that was the most recent price tag, a billion dollars, a billion with a B. Um, if he was about to make the decision to invest in this highway expansion or invest in some other thing, what would you say to Governor Evers to try to convince him to to invest that money elsewhere?
4: I don't think he would have to look very far. I've never met Governor Evers, and I don't know a lot about his his, his background or his platform because I haven't really followed him as much as some um, – but I would say, you know, you don't have to look very far. Um, Michael stands for, for, you know, justice. And um, uh, we were created to be interactive with one another and inter- interdependent, not codependent or dependent, but interdependent where we're supposed to look after our, our fellow man, our brothers and our sisters, no matter what color Um, And that money, we got a lot of homeless people on the streets. Um, That money um, can best be used not for the expansion of highways, but to fix our broken streets, you know, feed and clothe the homeless, use that money to build um, homes or or, um, places of shelter for the homeless, invest that money that way, expand our transportation system by Re, uh, storing the bus lines that have been cut um, so people can have access to jobs. Another thing with that is, you know, that, that I learned and experienced having to walk an excess of anywhere two to three miles from a bus stop to get to work mm, after mile, riding the probably. bus. Yep, yep. Yeah. When certain buses are cut during the um, holiday season, or um when school break is in session for the for the college kids, mm-hmm. some buses don't run. Exactly. Well, and that's why we need more transit funding.
3: You know, sure. the transit lines are being cut and the transit system doesn't run as often as it ideally would, or go to as many places as it would, or have as many stops because it doesn't have the funding to Mm -hmm. do though so that's why I mean can you imagine uh not that we would put probably the entire a billion billion dollars into MCTS but can you imagine what that would get us um I mean for context I think I'd have to look but the state I think funds transit across the state at close to 120 million dollars a year so Mm -hmm. can you imagine what a billion dollars would do to and that's what we need to do we need to build a transit system that is convenient so that it's not, um, you know, it's not fair to ask people to sit on the bus for two and a half hours to get right. to work. Right, that's not fair. What we need to do is build a, a convenient transit system that makes it the easier choice. And we've seen that happen. You know, when it when transit is easier than driving, people will for sure choose to take the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need a good transit system to do that, and it's really kind of chicken and egg. But in order to get a good transit system we need funding. And so this money should go into helping MCTS build out that convenient transit system. Yeah.
0: So if the money wasn't used to expand the interstate, I was curious to know what some of our guests would do if they could make the decisions. So I asked James just that. Uh, James, if you, if, if a genie approached you and you had three wishes, okay. And you could improve Milwaukee's transportation system, however you'd like. What would look different based on those wishes?
1: So I would have lots of protected bike lanes. Um, the city of Milwaukee has made great strides in adding bike lanes to roads. Um, but study after study says for a great many of people who would like to be cyclists, uh, the, the painted lane is not enough to make them feel safe. Um, so I would I would add protected bike lanes, like a barrier of of some sort, so that people feel a little bit more protected and safe from traffic. Uh, number two, I would add a lot more dedicated bus lanes. Um, actually, that's one of the that is one of the only things that's been proven to reduce congestion is dedicated bus lanes. Now, the uh, MCTS is working on bus rapid transit east-west, and I think they have already put an application for north-south. Um, but we could have dedicated bus lanes all over the city uh, where it's only for buses, give you know, signal priority so that taking the bus is faster than driving. And then three, I would I would take back a lot of the space from the street and give it to other things. We're seeing some of that with COVID where a lot of restaurants are having their little parklets out there. But if you just look at the massive amount of the surface area of the city that is dedicated to parking, that's effectively non-productive. I would I would take a lot of that back. Um, get, like having little parklets, um, there's there's many neighborhoods in Milwaukee that don't really have a park or great park access. Um, so little parklets, even if it's even if they're small, can be something. Um, I think giving space to to businesses and restaurants. Um, actually in West Dallas, uh, Kegel's Inn, and I think the Public House took over this little section of road, um, and they actually did this before COVID, um, and it, it's it's a fantastic cute It's a fantastic kit, and it's a much better use of space um, than just parking cars and road.
0: Since we don't have access to a genie, let's listen back to our guest action steps to learn more about how to get involved and make a difference in the community.
4: Well, um, Micah has a link um, that people can... You can go to Micah's website, and uh, there's another link through... Um, a wisdom if you will you don't just have to donate to Micah you can donate because we're all we're interconnected with so many other organizations and I would think during this time in this pandemic instead of taking billions of dollars for an in- infrastructure let's use that money to help people who have been affected by the pandemic people who have lost jobs people who have not been able to work I know people personally whose businesses have been shut down and can't either either afford to go back to work or their businesses can't can't reopen because of that. Let's use that money to to help people move forward in this pandemic because it's not an overnight fix, as you can see, we have all have witnessed. Um, It's going to take some time, maybe even a few years, for us to recuperate from this. And so that money can best be used by helping people in need.
1: Specifically, this I-94 expansion, um, it's really going to be coming from the governor's budget. And so I would really encourage people to contact the governor. Um, There are other ways to reduce the congestion here. Um, I don't think we need to pitch it as a uh, don't do anything. Um, I think that road of highway, that that section of highway um, definitely needs to be repaired, maybe even rebuilt. Possibly rebuilding it with fewer on and off ramps would be a way to um, make everyone have an easier commute and still not add, add lanes of traffic, which are going to disrupt that neighborhood and increase the air pollution in that region. So definitely contact, the, I, I'd say contact the governor, um, but you can contact your, um, your state representatives also. Um, and, and this also, I think this is potentially a lot of people would think of this as more of a leftist or Democrat issue. Um, But Walker was actually um, the person who most recently killed this project because he he said it wasn't fiscally responsible. Um, So I think uh, no matter who your representative is, you can contact them and say, hey, um, I don't think this is how we should be spending a billion dollars right now, um, especially in light of some of the Mm -hmm. COVID related budget shortfalls that we might be experiencing. Um, So contact, uh, I'd say the governor would be your top. Your top contact, but all of your state representatives, and uh, and local ones also. Like they have a uh, definitely. Mayor Mayor Barrett has some has some say in how things happen.
2: Thank you to Elizabeth, James, and Barbara for joining us. If you like what we're doing, consider becoming a patron at Patreon.com backslash Bridge the City at the four one four level. We are all still volunteers here and supporters like you are what keeps us going. And if you like what you hear and you have suggestions on who we should interview or what topics we should cover, give us a shout. And as always, let us know how you are helping bridge the city.
0: Bridge the city.